I want you to go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 4. I want to read from the Amplified Classic because I like the rendering in the Amplified Classic. As I read here in Romans 12 verse 4 to 8. I want to speak to you today on what I entitle life with a mission. I need you to understand that everyone here has a divine mission. It's very important that we understand that everyone sitting here today, whether you know it or not, you have a divine mission. A godly, heavenly mission, a heavenly mandate is upon your life. You may not know it, but if you don't know it, it does not negate the fact that there is a godly, a heavenly, divine mission upon each of you. If you believe it, say amen. But we have so many people that do not understand this. Yes, they come to church, but they are oblivious of the fact that God has a divine mandate for their lives. And that's the reason why many are living the low life when God has raised us up to live the high life. Until you discover God's divine mandate, God's divine mission for your life, you'll never step up to accomplish God's plan. I do not believe for one moment that God wants anybody to live carelessly i believe god wants everyone to live purposely let me say that again i do not believe that god wants anyone to live carelessly i believe god wants everyone to live purposely there is a divine purpose that's upon your life and i believe it is time to wake up smell the coffee and discover it because until you discover this divine mandate upon your life, you'll never step into it. Say it with me. God, God has, a has a divine purpose for me. For me. Say it one more time. Say it like you truly mean it. God has a divine purpose for me. But so, so many do not know this. And that's what I want to share with you today. Life with a mission. There's a mission on your life. Praise God. There's a mission on your life. And you've got to discover this mission. And you've got to step up and accomplish this mission that God has placed upon your life. It says here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. For as in one physical body, we have many parts. The Amplified, of course, of course, it says organs, members. And all of these parts do not have the same function. Now we can stop there and we can talk about that a little bit. In one physical body, there are many parts. As we read through, we understand that Paul uses the human anatomy to describe the functions in the body of Christ and to describe how different we are. That we are all unique. You've not been called to be me. I've not been called to be you. You need to be you. And I need to be me. We have so many copycats today. People want to be the next guy. People compare themselves to the next person. You must not compare yourself to the next person because if you do Two things will happen to you. Number one, inferiority complex will set in because you'll always find someone doing better than you. Number two, pride will step in because you will find people that you're better than. You don't want to ever compare yourself with nobody. You always want to compare yourself to what the word of God, the mirror of the world shows you. And that's who you are in Christ and that's how you must live your life. 
Come on, your amen need to be louder in this place. Praise God. So we see here the human anatomy that is being used by Paul to describe that we are different. Don't try to be me. You line up five apostles, they are all different. You line up five prophets, they are all different. You line up five evangelists, they are all different. You line up five pastors, they are all different. I'm glad that we are different. Think if I was Pastor Hamdi and Pastor Hamdi is me. Listen, we need varieties. If everyone here looks the same, what a sorry state. If everyone here talks the same, what a sad, a sad day that would be. Be yourself because, listen, you need to be who you are in Christ. Who he has made you. And listen, your functionalities are different from mine. Come on now, tell your neighbor I'm different. Tell your neighbor I'm unique. Tell your neighbor I'm special. Don't try to be like me. Be you. Praise God. Come on, someone needs to give a shout of praise to the Lord on that one. So he says the body has many parts, many organs, many members. And all of these parts do not have the same function or do not have the same use. This is so important. So we, it continues, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ. Yes, we are one in Christ, but we are different. Diverse, but united. I say diverse, but united. Praise God. It says, and individually we are parts of one another, mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, faculties, talents, and qualities. Pastor God will have got no talent. No, you have talents. You've got something. Tell someone I've got something. No, you do. Really. It's important you understand that. Some people think they don't have anything. You see those who sing, you wish like you can sing like them. Some people don't need to sing. The only place you sing must be in your shower. Some, some people don't, need to, be in the, don't be on, need to be on the worship team. Just worship the Lord when you're taking your bath. And the Lord will understand. <laughs> when I was growing up, my God, we went to church and we, we saw especially some women. They would tell the pastor, Pastor, I have a special number. And they came up with their special number. And before they sang, they would tell us. And we didn't even know anything then. We swallowed everything, line, hook, and sinker. But the, the women especially would say, uh, talk to the congregation. Don't listen to my voice, listen to the lyrics of the song. <laughs> if you can't sing, there is no need taking the microphone. Come on, if you can't sing, don't tell me don't listen to the voice. I need to hear your voice. If you don't have the ability to sing, just be quiet. <laughs> Come on, say amen. amen. But you see, you can't look at that person who sings well and desire to be like them. Because God has given you your own function. God has given you your own ability. God has given you your own talent. It's important we understand this. Each of us must discover our talent. Each of us must pray and say, Lord, show me what you've given me. Show me the gift upon my life. Reveal it to me. It's important because if you don't know it, you won't do it. If you don't know it, you won't leave it. 
And so you try to be the next guy and you try to be a singer or you try to be a leader or you try to be a pastor. I mean, so many people are even leaving business to go into the ministry and they have no business being in the ministry. So many are leaving the ministry and going into business and they have no business being in business. You know what I mean? Stay in the path where God has ordained for you. And that is when you can be the best and that is when you can achieve the most. That God has for you. Can someone say amen? Amen. Stay in the path. Whatever God's called you to do, that's what you've got to do. But why are people running around like a chicken with his head chopped off? It's because they do not know what God wants them to do. That is why they stand at the crossroads of life. And they're running here and running there. Helter-skelter, not knowing what to do. And they are here today and they are there tomorrow. Today they are prophets. The next day they are evangelists. And next month, my God, God speaks to some people like... Every single day, oh, God changes his mind about them every week. God changes his mind about them, every, about them every month. Today, God has called them to do business. Next month, God calls them to do this and do that. No, God does not change his mind every week. The Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. Come on now, say amen. It says once they are given, they will not be retrieved. My covenant will I not break nor alter the word that's gone out of my lips. Once I've sworn by my holiness, I shall not lie unto David. Come on now, say amen. amen. Thy word, O God, is settled in heaven. What God has destined for you, it's settled. No one can change it. You can't even change it. You may never leave it. You may never accomplish it. But that does not change. Come on, say amen. amen. So it's important we discover what God wants us to do. And we live the life that God's called us to live. And stop comparing with other people. Just seller. If you know what seller means, it means pause and think on these things. Just let that settle in. Somebody needs to understand that. You're different. You have people living vicariously through others today. That's one of the biggest challenges that people face even in marriage. Husbands try to live through their wives, and wives try to live through their husbands. Even though you are one, there is still individuality. If you understand what I mean by that. Did you understand what that means? I'm not going to pray for her. You know, you know what I mean by pray for her? Of course, I pray for her, but I'm not going to take her place of prayer. She has to pray to God for herself. If you know what I mean. She has to study the word for herself. She can live vicariously through my study of the word. Through my relationship with God. She has to live her life and, and know what God wants her to do, of course, in our union. You know what I mean by that? But she has to maintain a solid, solid relationship with God. Or else what you discover is the other pulls the other one down. Two cannot walk together except the what? You've got to be on the same page. Come on, say amen. amen. Some children live vicariously through their, their parents. The fact that you're dad is a minister, your mom is a deaconess, does not mean that you are going to heaven, by the way. Because God does not have grandchildren. Praise God. We are what? Different. Say it, I'm different. (laughs) The Bible says, it continues, having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. Let us do what with them? Let's use them. Let's not hide them. Let's not be like, uh, I think it's Matthew 25. 
where the Bible talks about the ten talents, right? Actually, it talks about the guy who got five talents and then the guy who got two talents. And the third guy who got how many? One talent. And the guy who had five talents invested his talent. The guy who got two talents invested his talent. The guy who got one talent did what? He dug into the ground and he hid his master's talent. He did not do anything with it. And when the master returned, and the master said, Now I want you to give me account of what you've done. The day is coming when each of you shall give account to God for the way you live your life here on earth. I said, The day is coming. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we shall give account to him for how we live our life here upon the earth. If you're not born again, that's a different story. But if you're born again... Don't be scared now because I'm not talking about account of your sin. Because you're not going to give account to Jesus about sin. Your sin was nailed to the cross. And you have been forgiven. Come on, say amen. amen. But you shall give account to him for how you, you spent your life. And how you carried out the purposes of God upon your life. And you cannot say, Pastor God, well, I have no idea. And that's the reason. No, 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 no. You can't even say that to Jesus. The day you appear before him, you've got to come with all that you've done for the kingdom of God with the right motive. Come on, say amen. All you've done for the kingdom of God. All you've done in line with what he has placed you upon the earth to do. There should not be one unused member of the body of Christ in these last days. We can't just be looking at those in the fivefold ministry and expecting them to do everything. Listen people. The call of God is not exclusive to those in the fivefold ministry. Everyone in the church has been called by God to accomplish something big, something amazing, something with eternal consequences. Praise God. I know I'm preaching better than you responding this morning, but, but, but I don't know what the deal is. But listen, you, you need to get this message today. We have gifts that's different from that which other people have. It says here, he who, whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts, encourages to his exhortation. He who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and superintendence, let, I mean, with zeal and singleness of mind, he who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. So you can see, there are so many things to do. I want to say so many things. There's so many things. And here in this church, and if you're watching on the internet, we want to encourage you to get busy. Everyone here needs to be raised up to do something that the Lord wants them to do. If each of us are on top of our game, each of us are carrying out God's heavenly divine mandate for us we're not going to bother about what others are doing because sometimes people are doing nothing that is why they bother about what someone else is doing do you understand what i mean by that so everyone has a mission see some people just take the day as it comes and hoping that one day, 
Something good will happen. Listen to me. Success is not an accident. One day something good. One, one day something good. No. Success is not an accident. My question to you this morning is where are you headed? Because if you're heading nowhere right now, it means you're going nowhere tomorrow. Are you listening to me? If you are on the road of nowhere, turn around and get on, get on the road of purpose. Get on the road of destiny. Get on the road of vision. Get on the road of divine plan. Say amen, somebody. Amen. 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 Some people just sit there and, you know, they're waiting for something to happen. And I said it. Success is not an accident. Or maybe something will just show up from out of the blue. The best way to predict your future is to create it. The best way to predict your future is to create it. So you don't, you don't want to just sit there hoping and waiting that something will come out someday and just put you in the right path and put you in the right course and just help you rise up to who God wants. The best way to predict your future is to create it. Praise God. Hallelujah. A mission is a specific task with which a person is charged. Specific task. That's what a mission is. A mission is an important assignment given to a person. What is that specific task with which God has charged you? What is that specific mission that God has given you? What is that assignment upon your life? Do you know? Now, I, I preach and teach like this, and, and one of the reasons why I do is because because, see, you've got to understand the people you're ministering to. I can come up here and shout and speak, and everyone runs around and jumps around and falls on the ground. But a lot of times you find out that nothing truly happens. Nothing of substance truly happens. Because when you have somebody whose me mentality and mindset is a mess, jumping around does not fix that. Only the Word of God fixes it. Only the knowledge of truth fixes it. Come on, say amen. amen. We have a lot of Africans here. But you know, it is said that 55% of Africans that cross over to Europe will never work a job. They'll never work a job, 55%. They'll never work a job. They'll never work a job. They'll be put in the camp. They'll be fed by the government. Their lives will never be productive. 55% of Africans that go cross over to Europe, they'll never do anything productive. The government will feed them, so people are waiting on the government to take care of them. Oh, yeah, that's true. 55%, that's a very sad thing to know. 55%. 
who never work, will never give to anybody. They will be given to the rest of their lives. I'm not talking about in a few years. I'm talking about the rest of their lives. They'll never work a job. They'll be put in the camp. And uh, wherever they put them, the government will just take care of them for the rest of their life. 55%. 55%. And the moment I discovered this statistic, it bothered me. Because how can you just live the rest of your life like that? How can you leave? You, you say you're crossing over to the west. Hello? You're crossing over to the west so that you will build something with your life and be a blessing to your family and be a blessing to your nation. But when you don't discover purpose, how can you even use your life when you cross over? I tell people all the time, don't look for a job. Look for God's assignment for your life. Who cares about a job? Who cares about a job? People are looking, I want a job. Give me a job. No, don't pray for a job ever again. Pray and say, God, show me your divine assignment. The moment you find God's divine assignment for your life, you will never work a job again. Ever again. Ever again. Yes, I know people must start somewhere. And that's why we also encourage people to get a job and work a job, or while you're working a job, pray and ask the Lord to show you His divine purpose for your life. It's all about discovering God's divine purpose. That mission that He has for you. That's what it's about. It's not about moving from country to country. I know you love to hear this, that's why you keep coming back. But it is the truth that sets people free. Come on, say amen. amen. Don't look for a job. Don't pray for a job. Pray for God's divine purpose. God has a divine purpose for you. And it's not difficult to find, by the way. Oh, Pastor God, how can I find it? It's not difficult. It's not far-fetched. It's very close. If, if only you would press into God. Sometimes people just have to be radical. Lock yourself up in your room and say, Lord, I'm not coming out until you speak. You put a demand like that on God, God's going to speak to you. Come on now, say amen. amen. There are people waiting for you to break through. Because someone's breakthrough is tied to your breakthrough. Someone's miracle is tied to your own miracle. When you break through, they will break through. I'm standing here today and I'm ministering to you today by the grace of God because I've come through many things and the Lord has helped me to come to where I am today. That is why I can stand here today and I can help you. Come on now, say amen. There are people waiting for you to break through. You, you can't live carelessly. You have to live your life with purpose. Praise God. And if you break through, others will tag along. Others will break through. Others will see your life and your life will shine and your life will affect them and influence them. And God can use you to touch the lives of so many. God said to Abraham, I'll bless you and I'll make you what? A blessing. God wants to bless you and make you a blessing. Praise God. In Romans chapter 8, it says in verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature 
waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. We need men and women of God rising up today. When I say men and women of God, please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about Ephesians chapter 4. Men and women of God, I'm talking about everyone in the body of Christ. If you are a man of God, if you're a woman of God in this place, then give the Lord a big shout of praise. Because I'm talking about you, I'm talking to you, you are a man of God, you are a woman of God. And the Bible says that creation waits patiently for you to rise up, for you to rise up to the place of destiny, for you to rise up to the place that God has designed for you. And until you rise up, many would not rise up. If you rise up, this nation can be shaken by the power and by the glory of God. If you rise up, Europe can be shaken by the power and by the glory of God. If you rise up, America can be shaken by the power and by the glory of God. God wants to use you in those last days to touch the lives of many and so you must not be self-centered. It is time for everybody to realize that there is a divine mandate, there is a divine purpose upon your life and recognizing it and discovering it and living in it in it is so very important. Can someone say amen? amen. I can't pick each of you out here and tell you exactly what God wants to do with your life. But I need you to know, each of you carry God's mandate. Pastor God, well, I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you about this today. Because it's important that you know. Just, just listen carefully to the prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1. That the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. And what? Revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everyone needs the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The word there... For revelation in the Greek is the same word used for the entire book of Revelation. That's the word apocalypsis. It means the unveiling, the revealing, the exposing. So why would Paul pray over the church at Ephesus and say that the Lord, the God of our Father, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Because he understood that when you have the spirit of revelation, you will see into the realm of God and discover what God has in store for you. Don't you see people today who don't even know where they're headed, who don't even know what they're supposed to do even as I speak? Where are you going? I don't know. What is your life about? I have no idea. Oh yeah, there are so many like that. If I can just get some money. Money is not a mission. Money is not a purpose. Listen, listen. When you get a purpose, God provides. Why would God even give you, why would God give, even give you money when you don't have a purpose? Because even if he gave you the money without a purpose, you will blow the money. Get excited this section. I don't know what's wrong with you. Get excited. Smile. Just smile. You can smile. You're too serious. Smile. Where are you from? Oh boy. What's your name? Ralph. It's good to have you here today. 
First time? Good. Smile. Good. <laughs> I like to preach to happy people, not sad people. And I say it over and over again. I remember what God said to Jeremiah. Don't look at your faces. Sometimes I look at some of you. I remember the word of the Lord to Jeremiah. Some of you look like you want to kill me. Rejoice. Rejoice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. amen. That, the God of, <laughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, apocalypsis, the unveiling, the revealing, the exposing, that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light, that you might know, that you might know what? What is the hope of his calling? That you might know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work? In and for us who believe the same power that raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power, might and dominion, above every name that can be named in the Amplified Classic. It says not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come and has put all things under his feet and has given him to be the head over all things to the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. Can someone say amen? amen. So you see, Paul said that he might give to you. So that you would discover the purpose of God. How many of you have heard people say, God is a mysterious God. Religion messes people up. God's a you know what I mean by God is a mysterious God? You can't understand God. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says we can't understand God. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we can't know the will of God. Oh, God's a God does mysterious things. <laughs> well, is it First Corinthians 14, right? He that prayeth in an unknown tongue, speaketh not to men, but, who, but to God. He says, how be it in the spirit, he speaketh forth what? What? Mystery. Yeah, the word mystery there is in the Greek mysterion, which means something covered that can be uncovered. Does not mean something covered that we can't know. So you have a mystery and you have apocalypsis. Apocalypsis unveils mystery. Revelation unveils mystery. Mystery is covered. Can I get a piece of, what's the piece of rye, please? Thank you. So, you know what this is because you're watching me right now, right? So if someone just walks in right now and I ask him, what is this? What is covered in this piece of rye? They'll try to guess, right? And I can guarantee you, they're going to guess wrong. Let me do it worse so that they don't guess right. Uh, <laughs> what is this? What is, what is underneath this piece of cloth? 
bottle of water. Someone said bottle of water. What is on? No, you just guess now. What is underneath this piece of rye? <laughs> what? Namde, be careful. What is? What is? What is underneath? <laughs> what is here? So if someone walked in into this place now, and I said, "What is hid here?" They will not know. But that does not mean they should not know. They should know. They should discover. There are things hid about your life. And don't, don't get me wrong now. I'm not using the religious word hid. That's, that shouldn't be the concept or the idea you should get. There are things about your life God has ordained that you've got to discover. That's why praying in tongues is important. Because the Bible says, when you pray in tongues, you reveal mysteries. You open up secrets. You open up things about you that you cannot know otherwise as you pray in the Holy Ghost. Paul said to the church at Corinth, I wish all of you prayed in the Spirit. He said, I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. And that's, that's not a surprise because, as you can see, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I knew a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. I knew a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I, I do not know. But this man was caught up to paradise and he saw things that it's not uh, uh, lawful for man to utter. Most Bible scholars believe that he was referring to himself, but he just wanted to, to be humble about it and did not want to say it was me 14 years ago that went to the third heaven to paradise. Vision after vision, revelation after revelation. Because when you pray in the spirit constantly, you reveal mysteries and secrets. You open up things about your life that you could not know otherwise. Study, education can get it, can bring it to you, can deliver it to you. Praying in the spirit opens you up to realms of God that nothing else can. Come on now, say amen. amen. So you need to know what is hid. You need to know what is covered. You need revelation. Apocalypses. To reveal this mystery, this covered truth, this covered purpose, this covered mission and mandate for your life, you need revelation. So the more you pray and press into God, the more it is revealed. And then you discover what is in it. Now that you know what is in it, you can adequately apply it into your life and see your life go to a whole new place. Come on now, say amen. amen. I do not believe for one moment. I had to come to the place of change. But I was not here many years ago. But as I'm here today, and I'm talking about my understanding, I do not believe for one moment that your success depends on your geographical location. It took me a while to get to this place. I do not believe it for one moment. My success does not depend on my geographical location. My success depends on where I am in the revelation that God has made and revealed about my life. That's, that's it. And as long as I'm in the center of the will of God, 
No man can stop me. No devil can stop me. Nothing can hold me back. I will accomplish the purpose of heaven for my life. And when it is all said and done, Jesus shall say to me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your Lord. Come on now, say amen. And until you come to terms with this, you keep running helter-skelter. People run like a chicken with his head chopped off, not knowing where to go. Do this today. Do that tomorrow. No, it's time to become solid. It's time to become stable. It's time to discover God's plan. And when you do, you live in it. And you let God take you through all the seasons and all the stuff that you have to go through to cause you to rise up to who he wants you to be. Praise God. First Corinthians 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of a man the things which God hath prepared for them that do you love him. For them that love him. Now, if you stop there, we get into the whole religious thing. Nobody can know the will of God. And I've heard this verse recited, and people have read from this verse for many, many years. But as it is written, I have not seen nor yet heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath in, in store for them that love him. And they stop there. If you stop there, you're doing justice to people. Does not stop there. It's above God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Are you seeing this now? I have not seen here, I have not heard. It has not entered the heart of man. So we cannot know the plan of God. So we cannot know the... No, 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 that's religious garbage. It says, but God hath revealed them unto us. How? Pardon? Pardon? How? Come on now. How has he revealed these things to us? By, by the Spirit. He said, for the Spirit searched all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> I like this. Now we have received. I was preaching to you a couple of weeks ago on the message from mankind to God kind. And I made it very clear that I am not mankind, I am God kind. Praise God. For if a man is in Christ, it's a new what? It's a new species of being. That's what it means. New creature. Something that's never existed. The old is gone. In, in, the, in the Passion Translation, it says, it says that the old order has gone and a new order has come. In the Amplified Classic, it says if a man is engrafted, into Christ. He's a new creature. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. And everything has become new. Praise God. I moved from mankind. To God kind. Anybody listening to me today? I say I moved from mankind to God kind. Yeah. I say I moved from mankind to God kind. So because I've moved from mankind to God kind, I can now know 
the things that are freely given to us by God. I'm not living in the world of oblivion. I know what God has for me. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not ignorant of the purpose of God. I'm not blind to the will of God. We have received not the spirit of this world. When you read Ephesians 2 in verse 2, it talks about the spirit of this world. It talks about the God of this world and this spirit that's over the sons of disobedience. But we are no more under the dominion of that spirit. Can someone shout amen? amen. Is this helping anybody here? Huh? So, <laughs> I like this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, uh, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That we might know. Say to two people, I'm not clueless. I said to say to two people. Some of you said it to one person and you stop. <laughs> say to two people, <laughs> I am not clueless. Now when we talk about a mission, we got to understand that there is good mission and there is bad mission. And our biggest example whenever we talk about any subject is Jesus. Is that correct? In 1 John 3, 8, the Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Notice, is it for this purpose, or you can say for this mission, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. What was Jesus' mission? That he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil over our lives was destroyed. Let me preach to people on the street. Maybe they'll get excited. The works of the devil over your life was destroyed. Amen. The moment you understand what I'm teaching today, the whole deliverance, that's why I took a whole month and talked about deliverance and the whole nonsense that people talk about deliverance, deliverance, believers, Christians running from one deliverance service to another, failing to understand that you were delivered. How can you that have been delivered be running from deliverance service to deliverance service? Generational this and family bloodline and all this, all this garbage. If you've never heard this before, go to our website, riveristanbul.com. And I talked about the whole thing on deliverance. And I talked about how a Christian should not be going through deliverance. Because a Christian was delivered. Colossians 1.13 came alive in me. And I've been swimming in that verse and I will not let it go. And I refuse to believe otherwise. He hath. Delivered you from the power of the devil of darkness. And he has moved you. He has translated you to the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom you have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. I'm not expecting to have redemption. I have redemption right now. I'm not hoping to be free. I am free. And whom the son sets free. Is free indeed. No we put it off to next week and next month. No, it is done. I am free. Amen. Family blood, what? I'm connected to the blood of heaven. I'm connected to the blood of Jesus. 
I don't know about you, but I'm a different person. I don't know about you, but I'm a different, I'm God kind. You can't put this man in bondage. You can't put a curse on this man. You try to put a curse on this man, it's going to boomerang and come back to you. You cannot curse whom God has blessed. I like this section. You guys are excited. Let me preach to you. You can't put a curse on someone that God has blessed. Good. Are you here this morning? You can't put a curse. You, you are happy. Let me preach to you. You can't put a curse on a man that God has blessed. In the back, you're happy. You cannot curse a man that God has blessed. Good. Like I said last week, there is, de- there is delayed, delayed re- response. Because some, some of the people are French speakers. So it takes it like a second or two before they get the message. No, the whole thing on deliverance has put so many in bondage. Really, to be honest with you. No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not subscribing to living a life that's contrary to the will of God. Because if you do, then you might need deliverance. But you've been delivered, so why should you live a life, that, a life to mess up <laughs> what God has done? Or to mess up your present status? Keep yourself in the love of God. Come on, say Amen. Praise God. So I did a four-part series on deliverance. He hath delivered you from the power darkness. The word power there is exousia. The same word I think I believe is John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him to them, he gave power. That's the word exousia. The word is authority. The word is right. To them he gives the right to become sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. Praise God. So he had delivered us from the exousia of darkness. Or from the dominion and right and power of the, of the kingdom of darkness over us. And he, he, he translated us. The word translated in the Greek is methistemi. He translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption right now. Not whom we are going to have redemption. We have it. Amen. Tell three people I've been redeemed. I've been delivered. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So say, I'm redeemed. Some people can say, we're going to help you get redeemed today. Because <laughs> Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. Interesting, I have plenty of time today. My God, I love the word. Praise God. So Jesus is our perfect example. He came to destroy the purpose of, he- of the devil, and he came to establish the purpose of God. John 10, 10, the thief cometh, but to steal and kill and destroy. The thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, that ye might have life, and that he might have it more abundantly. Can you see in the mission? Praise God. Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works, those good works, those good works. Come on now. We have been recreated, born anew, born again to do those good works. I've not been recreated to do filthy works. I've been recreated to do good works. Come on, say amen. Those good works which he foreordained. My God. 
My God, this is good. Those good works which he predestined us to do. Huh. For us, taking path which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. Everyone said the good life. Ha! Huh. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For, do, for, huh. for those whom he foreknew, of whom he also uh, he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them in right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. Come on now. Are you seeing the plan of God? I have not seen, nor have ye heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has in store. But they have been revealed to us. By the Holy Ghost. They have been revealed. That's why I said I'm not oblivious. I'm not ignorant because I can see the good life. The good life. I said the good life. The good life that God has for me. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He never withdraws them. When once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace. Or to whom he sends his call. Let me finish. What should I do to discover his divine plan? Ask God for it. You receive not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. And your joy shall be full. Number two, give God a season of your life. Seek the face of God. Come to RBI. Come, come to RBI. Come to RBI. You know, people don't understand. Listen, the fact that I can prophesy over you. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. I tell you what the Lord wants to do with your life. Listen, every prophecy is conditional. You know, the church people have the tendency of just running away. Whoa, God has spoken to me. They get excited, but they don't pay the price. And now, when I talk about paying the price, I'm not talking about paying the price Jesus paid. Jesus already paid the ultimate price. But for you to rise up to the place and accomplish the purpose of God for your life, listen to me. There are some steps you've got to take. And one of those steps is giving God a season. That was a season. Of your life. Praise God. To prepare you. The church is the. I tell you. I'm sorry to say this. And I do not say to demean the body of Christ. Because I can't demean the body of Christ. But show me one institution in the world. That doles out positions and titles to people. It's the church. The church is the only institution in the world. That doles out positions and titles to people that are not qualified. The church. The ministry of aviation will never do it. They will never give you the license of a pilot until you've been trained to be a pilot. Come on, I'm preaching good. 
The medical field will never give you the blade to carry out a surgery, an operation on anyone until you've been trained. Prove yourself. That's what, they, that's what it is. Come and fly this Boeing 747. And the moment you're about to take off, they announce and they tell you that the pilot in the cockpit has not gone to any kind of training. He does not have any degree. And if you are willing to continue, you can stay on board. But if, if you think that this guy will not be able to fly this plane, you can get off board. You, guess, guess, guess how many will start running. Guess how many would stay? Nobody would stay on the plane. You go to the hospital, and the doctor says, I've, nev- I've not received any kind of, I'm a total novice. But I'll try on you. <laughs> how m- yes, see, now you laugh because I'm putting it in perspective, and you understand. All the institutions of the world would require that you get proper training. Before you can get into the profession. But the church. We want to. Not we. We don't do it here. Take this title. So that you can stay. Take this title. So you can stay. We, we, people, people are quick to ordain. The Bible supports that. Don't be quick to lay hands on people. And actually he's talking about. Laying hands on them. Ordaining them into the ministry. Some people don't even know they are left from their right. But they want to be called daddy. You know, people like the word daddy now has become... That, that, <laughs> that, daddy has become a big deal now amongst so many in the church now. Daddy. People want to be called daddy. Some people get upset if you don't call them daddy. But the church just gives people positions and titles. And people have taken offense with us here because we're not very quick to give people any title. Yeah. Why? Oh, thank you so much. You raised me to be wise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give people titles and positions like that. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. The gift of a man will make room for him. The gift makes room, not me. Don't look up to me to give you anything. Let the gift make room for you. Come on now, say amen. amen. Ca- character, character. we can't even overemphasize character. You can't even stay where the gift takes you to if you don't have the character to stay there. The gift will take you up, but character will drop you. Or a lack of it. And the higher the gift takes you, the deeper you fall. So we, we, we emphasize character. We emphasize being a man of God, being a woman of God, being a person of integrity. Praise God. God, promote me to where? (laughs) I've said this many times. The more you want God to do in your life, the more responsible you must become. And a lot of people don't preach responsibility anymore. A lot, of, a lot of irresponsible Christians. Because unfortunately, many have been raised up in such a poor, poor manner. If you have children, you, know, you don't want to raise them up with bad, with bad uh, 
with bad manners, right? You want to give them the right tools. You want to prepare them well so that when they grow up and they get into society, they can, they can actually apply themselves well and be successful at what they do. How many of you are glad you're coming to this place? Praise God. Amen.